0: want to start a new series today um, that I'll be teaching on over the next uh, few weeks as we fast. For those of you who are not aware of it, uh, every year we at Breakthrough Covenant Church, we start the year off with a 21-day fast. And we believe uh, that fasting and prayer should be a regular part of the lives of any disciple of Jesus Christ. Uh, But we start the year off fasting because we believe that fasting is, is, is giving up something to receive from the Lord, or it's, it's another way that we can worship the Lord. And so we want to start the year off by by dedicating the first part of our year, you know, to Jesus. And uh, if you have not uh, done a fast before, you know, now is a great time for you to get involved in that. We're going to talk a little bit more about uh, what it means to fast. Um, but for the next 21 days, we're setting ourselves apart. We're dedicating ourselves to the Lord. And I encourage you to have an expectation of God doing something great during these 21 days. I encourage you to have an expectation to hear from the Spirit of the Lord over these next 21 days as you commit yourself to engaging in this fast. Maybe you have a bad attitude about it. Right? I'll be honest with you. I was, I'm always excited for these fasts. I I wasn't this year. It was like, man, is there a way like that I could just not do it? And, you know, I'm just, I wasn't excited about it. And just as we've gotten closer and closer, it's like I'm getting more and more excited because God is showing me some things about what he wants to do and how he wants to speak to me. And that is exciting. And So maybe you have a bad attitude about it like I did. Get your attitude together so that you can receive from the Lord what He wants to give to you over the next 21 days. Amen? Amen. So let me start out by fasting, or by talking about what fasting is. You know, the definition of a fast is to abstain from food, or to eat sparingly, or abstain from some foods. Right? So really what we're doing is we are like denying our flesh so that we can sow into our spirit which is really important for people who desire to walk in the Spirit. Thank you, Chris. It's really important that if we want to walk in the Spirit, that we become good at denying our flesh, because nothing will war against your walk with Christ or war against your spiritual maturity or war against your ability to hear the voice of the Lord or obey the move of the Spirit, nothing will war against that more than your flesh. Because your flesh wants to be in control. It wants to tell you, hey, I'm hungry, go eat. It wants to tell you, don't don't go pray, go do this. It wants to tell you, don't read that. Go engage in this entertainment. And so when we fast and pray, it's our way of telling the flesh, you're not in control here. The Spirit is. And so it's okay if you, for your 21 days, I'm, I'm not going to uh, watch social, I'm not going to be on social media or maybe I'm not going to watch any Lifetime movies or something along those lines. You need to not eat something during those 21 days. Amen? Because your body doesn't need lifetime. Trust me. I don't know how people watch that stuff. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I better stop before I get in trouble. But we're denying our flesh in order to sow into our spirit man so that we can grow. The stronger your spirit becomes, the more consistent your walk with Jesus will become. The more, the more powerful your spirit man is, the less powerful your flesh man is, right? Whichever one is the vis- biggest voice is the one you're most likely going to follow, right? Because your you're body, soul, and spirit. So if your flesh, your body is in control, it's going to be hard to listen to the spirit man. But if your spirit man is strong, it's not that your flesh man shuts up. It's just that he, this voice over here on the side of the spirit is louder. Not necessarily in terms of volume, but in terms of influence. As we start to fast and pray, the influence or the desire of the spirit becomes our desire. And the things of our flesh, we, we lose our appetite for that. Amen? So fasting... Is abstaining from food or some food, or or eating sparingly. I want to talk a little bit about a couple or a few types of fasts that you can do, because some of you've never fasted before. It's just a great time to take notes if you, you know, if you're you're looking to, to grow in your understanding of this. But there's a there's a variety of different types of fasts that you can do. You can do a fast where there's there's no food. You can do that. God bless you. Right. You can do those kinds of fasts. I've done those fasts before. They're, they're difficult. They're challenging. So if you've never fasted before, I don't encourage you to start there. Okay? I do not encourage you to start there. But that's a kind of fast where you, there's no food for the next 21 days. Well, And let me say this. A fast doesn't have to be 21 days. That's just what we're choosing we're choosing a 21 days for this particular fast to start the year. So I don't encourage you to start with no food for 21 days if you've never fasted or if you fasted on a limited basis. But that is one of the fasts you can do. The other thing is we can eliminate certain types of foods. So maybe meat or sweets or bread or something along those lines. I remember one year a guy said to me, yeah, I'm, I'm cutting out Pepsi. And I'll be honest with y'all, I was kind of like, are you serious? You're cutting out Pepsi. I saw how much Pepsi he drank in a day. It's like, oh, that's a, he's he's fasting, man. Right? That would be like some of you cutting out coffee because you just drink gallons of coffee every single day. So you can, oh man. (laughs) So you can eliminate certain types of food. You can eliminate a meal or maybe only eat one meal a day right? Like I'm not a big breakfast eater. So for me to say for the next 21 days, I'm not eating breakfast. That's not really a fast. You don't normally eat breakfast, right? But for me to say I'm not going to eat dinner and snacks after that, because I'm a snacker too, <laughs> that's, that, that can be a little more challenging. So that's another kind of fast that you can have where you're elimi- eliminating certain meals of the day or only eating one time a day. Um, you can eat only during certain periods of time during the day. This is kind of popular in the health health and fitness field, the, the intermittent fasting deal. You know, that's another type of fast that you can enter into. Maybe you're only eating between 3 p.m. and 8 p.m. or something along those lines. Um, you can do progressive fast where maybe you start out the first week where I'm not eating sweets and then the second week I'm not eating sweet and sweets and meats then the third week, I'm not eating sweets or meats or, or or bread or whatever the case may be. So there's there's a variety of different ways that you can fast. The reason I wanted to take some time to kind of lay this out is so that everyone can understand that you can participate in this. And for you parents who have young kids at home at a certain age, it's good for them to participate in the fast at a certain point in time. One of my Favorite videos, and I'm probably going to embarrass Hannah right now, but she was about five or six. It, we were on our 21-day fast, and I think we we're about 15, 16 days into it. We went over to my mother-in-law's house, and she had a she had a, a jar of caramels and, and um, uh, fudge in this in this bowl, and and Hannah was fasting sweets during that time, and so she we we got a video of her just sitting there next to the bowl, just. Mm. you can see the the, the facial expressions, how much she was missing the sweets and all that. I thought about showing it, but I was like, no, I wouldn't be able to go home. But it's, it's, it was, it was hilarious, you know, because it was the first time she had participated in the fast and she had chose sweets. And for 15 days or so, she hadn't had any sweets. But we as when we started doing this and our kids were able enough or old enough to understand, we got our kids engaged in it. It's not, are you going to? It's, what are you fasting? Now they're starting to tell us. Josh started telling mom, you know, on Thursday, mom is my wife, Stacy, uh, Pastor Stacy. He's like, mom, okay, don't buy any chips, no Doritos in the house. I'm like, Well, hold on, bro. That's what you're fasting. Have some self-control and don't eat it. Don't tell us what to have and what not to have in here. You're not buying any of this stuff anyway. <laughs> Maybe I went a little too far. Sorry. But engage, get your kids engaged in fasting and praying during this 21 days. Amen? Amen. Whatever you do, let it stretch you. Yeah. Let it be something that stretches you. Right? Like I'm fasting broccoli if you hate broccoli. right? me and Chris were talking this week and we were both like, man no no cookies for 21 days No milk duds 21 days? It's like, no let's let's look at this day by day. There's just no cookies today. January 1st I get no cookies, right? I'll focus on not getting cookies January 2nd on January 2nd, <laughs> right? Amen. So whatever it is that you do, let it, let it stretch you. Amen. The other thing about fasting is it must always be accompanied by increased amounts of prayer. That's right. If you're not praying while you're in fasting, you're just on a hunger strike. You have to pray more while you're fasting. So for some people, if they're like, you know, let's say there's, I'm not, I'm not eating breakfast. During breakfast, they spend that time praying. Whatever it is, you have to go to another level and spend more time in prayer while you're fasting. Because it's fasting and prayer. And we talked a little bit about our our prayer that we're going to have tonight, you know, with the the two, four, three, that's that's two hours a day, four days a week. For the next three weeks, we're going to have prayer here at church. And I encourage all of you to participate on some level. You don't have to stay here for two hours. In fact, I encourage our young people to really get engaged in that prayer time because you can start to grow in your understanding of prayer. You can start to grow in how you pray. There's just the generation before us, they knew how to pray. We, We don't know how to pray anymore. And we're not teaching the next generation how to pray. And so the church is just losing its power and its authority and its influence because we don't know how to pray anymore. And I'm just telling you, and I'm not shaming anybody, but I'm serious about this. If we truly want breakthrough, if we truly want victory, if we truly want God to do something dynamic in our lives over the next 21 days, you're going to have to stretch yourself in terms of prayer. It's not enough to just not eat. You've got to go to another level of prayer as well. Amen? Amen? Prayer must always be accompanied by increased prayer lives. So participate in the prayer nights that we're going to have here at uh, Breakthrough Covenant Church. Amen. Now, some will say, well, Jesus taught that when we fast, it's supposed to be done in secret, and no one is supposed to know. I've, I've, I've had those kind of conversations with people, and I would say, I understand what you're, what you're, what you're saying there, but I, you're looking at the teaching of Jesus just a little bit off. So let's start out our message today, looking at Matthew chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. Jesus is speaking, and he says, Moreover, when you fast, do not be like the hypocrites with a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces that they may appear to men to be fasting. Surely I say to you, they have their reward. But you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father, who is in the secret place. And your Father, who sees His secret, will reward you openly. Right. So when we read this, we understand that Jesus actually isn't saying anything along the lines of "Don't let someone know that you're fasting." That's 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 not what He's saying in any way, shape, or form. But well, Jesus, he's teaching a few different things here in this verse. First, he's teaching don't fast to receive praise from men. Right? When he uses that word hypocrite, that word hypocrite means actors or stage players. And what do actors do? They love applause. Don't fast so that Mike Croft says, you're so holy, Charles. Right? Don't fast so that answer says, oh, I wish I could be like you. Right. Don't fast for the purpose of, oh my goodness, how did you do that? Or I wish I could be like you. That's what Jesus is teaching here. Don't fast for the purpose of being seen by men. Don't fast for the purpose of getting applause from men. Because in that case, you have your reward. And that's an empty reward because they love you today and hate you tomorrow. Right. Right. Then they love you again the day after that and hate you a week from now. That's, that's just how people are. We're fickle. Right? So that's the first thing that Jesus was, was, was teaching. The second thing that he's teaching is fasting. We need to fast for the purpose of receiving praise from our heavenly father. I want to read verses 17 and 18 again. He he says, but when you fast, who's you? My disciples. So if you're a disciple of Christ, he's speaking to you. But when you, but you, when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face. So don't be walking around looking all broke down and beat up. So what's wrong? Oh, I'm just fasting in this. Boy, I'll tell you, this is hard stuff. Now, you just look a little bit uglier over the last 10 days. Oh, I'm fasting. Wash your face. Put your makeup on, ladies. Men, shave your beards and mustaches if you can grow one. I can't. But anoint your head and wash your face so that you, so listen to this, so that you do not appear to men to be fasting. But to your father who is in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. What is Jesus saying here? He's saying when you're fasting to be seen by men, that's who you're fasting to. When you want men to see, when you want women to see, when you want applause from people, you're fasting to those people. What can they do for you other than give you a good job? You don't want to fast to people. You want to fast to your father who's in heaven because he sees in the secret place and rewards you openly. Amen? Amen. So I'm not fasting and you're not fasting and Breakthrough Covenant Church, we're not fasting so that the people in Appleton say, man, that Breakthrough Covenant Church over there, they start out the year with a 21-day fast. Who cares about that? We're fasting so that our father says, I, I see you. Right? I want you to think about something here. When we read in the book of Revelation, in chapters two and three, Jesus gives a letter to the apostle John to the seven churches of Asia, right? We are, we're, most of us are aware of that. And, and it's interesting how each one of those letters start off. It starts out with Jesus introducing himself to the church right? I am this, you know, I am the bright and morning star. But then after he introduces himself and gives some, some information about who he is, because he's the one speaking to them, he says, I know your works. Every last one of them. He starts out by saying, I'm Jesus. This is who I am, and I know your works. Why am I bringing that up? Well, because we want our Father to know that we're fasting with, with, with the right motives. We're not fasting to be seen by men. We don't care about any of that. We want to get your attention, Father. We want you to see our hearts And for you to understand our motives for which we are engaging in this fast for the next 21 days. And it's because we love you. We understand that you have rescued our lives. So we're dedicating the first 21 days of 2023 to you. That gets the attention of God. Not that he's unaware, but that, 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 that can get the, the presence of God into your life. Well, God is everywhere, all the same. I understand that. But there's the omnipresence of God where he's everywhere all the time. And then there's his manifest presence. That's the kind of presence that makes the hair on your head stand up. That's the kind of presence that makes you fall to your knees and start weeping and crying. That's the kind of presence that drives demons out of your life. That's the kind of presence that makes you cry out to Jesus and say, I need a savior. Yeah. We want that. So I'm not fasting to men. I'm fasting to my father who is in heaven and he knows my works. He knows my motives. So I'm going to make sure that my motives in this fast are pure because I want to receive a reward from him during or after these 21 days. Amen? Amen. Well, you shouldn't fast for something. Well, I disagree. (laughs) Let's read the words of Jesus again in verse 18. So that you do not appear to men to be fasting, but to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So as you're thinking about your fast, maybe write down some things that you want to see God do in the next 21 days. God, I'm fasting because I want to see my health go to another level. I'm fasting because I want to see breakthrough in my finances. I'm fasting, Lord, and I'd like to see you heal my relationship with my children, whatever it is. I love you and I'm, I'm committed to you. I recognize who you are and who I am apart from you, which is nothing. But as I'm dedicating the first part of my year to you, I'd love to see you do this. Does That make sense? The third principle that Jesus is teaching here is the principle of he has an expectation that his disciples have some level of fasting and prayer life on a regular basis. Our pastor, Gordon Banks, he fasts all the time. In fact, we we're in Seattle and uh, we were visiting a church and one of the elders of the church came in and, and uh, me and the pastor were talking about, hey, where do you want to go to eat? And you know, we we're trying to figure out where we wanted to eat. And the elder goes, um, oh, so you're a disciple of Gordon Banks? Like he's your, your pastor? And I said, yeah, he said, I didn't think anyone that was pastored by Gordon ever ate. (laughs) Because every time I'm with him, he's fasting. But there's a principle he taught me early on in, in his discipling of me is that he lives a fasting lifestyle. So as a lifestyle, he doesn't eat until he prays and reads his Bible on a daily basis. So, if he gets up late and he didn't get a chance to pray and read, then he doesn't eat until he gets a chance to set aside time to pray and, and read. Right? this whole intermittent fasting thing that is going on, it it will be good for some of us to implement that into our lives. Or maybe you pick one day a month where you fast. Or maybe you pick one day a week where you fast. Let's, Let's live a lifestyle of fasting. Let's not let it just be 21 days to start the year, and then we don't revisit fasting until the next year. Let's live a lifestyle of fasting. You know how that can fit into your life, but I encourage you to make it fit into your life because Jesus doesn't say, if you decide to fast, he says, when you fast, don't be like the stage actors because you're my disciples. So there's an expectation from the Lord that fasting is a regular part of the lifestyle of those who follow him. Rhetorical question, is it a regular part of your life? If not, start to make it a regular part. Amen? Amen. Corporate prayer and fasting was a regular part of the nation of Israel's worship of God. I want to read a few verses to you. We won't spend a whole lot of time here, but I want to show this to you. In Deuteronomy chapter 16, verses 1 through 4, uh, uh, it says, observe the month of Abib, And keep the Passover of the Lord your God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord your God brought you out of Egypt by night. Therefore, you shall sacrifice the Passover of the Lord your God from the flocks and the herds in the place where the Lord chooses to put his name. You shall eat no leavened bread with it. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread with it. There is, that is uh, the bread of affliction. For you came out of the land of Egypt in haste, that you may remember the day in which you came out of the land of Egypt all the days of your life. And no leaven shall be seen among you all in all the territory for seven days, nor shall any of the meat which you sacrifice on the first day at twilight remain overnight until morning. So the Lord is implementing what's called a Passover And during the Passover, they could not eat bread with yeast in it. This is a type of fast. Remember, you don't have to not eat anything, but you can eliminate certain things from your life. The Lord is saying for seven days, no yeast. Now there's an imagery in this too, which is yeast also represents sin. And so it's like, a, it's, it's like a physical picture of what God is trying to say. is like, get the sin out of your lives and get the sin out of the nation. But, but at the same time, there's a, also a physical side of this thing where there's you can eat bread, just don't let it be, be bread with yeast in it. It's a kind of fast. We see the same thing on the day of atonement. We'll look in Leviticus chapter 23, verse 26 through 32. It says, and the Lord spoke to Moses saying, also on the 10th day, of the seventh month uh, shall be the day of atonement. You shall have a holy convocation, which is a public meeting, a worship service. You shall have a holy convocation for you. You shall afflict your souls and offer an offering made by fire to the Lord. You shall do no work on that same day for it is the day of atonement to make atonement for you before the Lord your God. For any person who is not who, who is not afflicted in soul on that same day shall be cut off from his people. And any person who does, not, who does any work on that same day, that person will be destroyed from among his people. You shall do no manner of work. It shall be a statute forever throughout your generations and all your dwelling. And it shall be to you a Sabbath of solemn rest. You shall afflict your souls on that ninth day of the month at evening. From evening to evening, you shall celebrate your Sabbath. This is the Day of Atonement. So on the Day of Atonement, they could not eat. That's what he means by afflict your soul. That's to humble yourself, to to chasten yourself, to to correct yourself, to put yourself, to, to lower yourself. They didn't eat on the Day of Atonement. Day of Atonement was an important day because that's when the high priest at one time a year could go into the most holy place and offer uh, uh, an offering on the mercy seat of God. And if God received that, their their sins were covered for a year. And so the Lord is saying on that day, don't eat. It doesn't need to be a time of celebration. It needs a time of, of reflection and affliction and correcting yourself and getting things in order. I want you to fast. Fasting was a regular part of the lives of the nation of Israel. The church is the body of Christ. We don't replace Israel. That's called replacement theology. We don't believe in that. But we are the people of God. And so if we see the nation of Israel Having regular times of fasting corporately, publicly, so should you and I as disciples of Christ amen. Amen. amen? I want to give you a couple other reasons to fast. first is fasting is is a part of like the repentance and supplication process you know you you, you can find yourself in a place where your lifestyle just just isn't lining up with with what God desires, and it doesn't have to be total wickedness, right? It can be that 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 your your temper is just a little too sh- it's been too short lately. It it, it can be that you know um, you you used to be you used to be a generous person, you stop being generous because you you're fearful of something. You recognize that. It could be that, that you just recognize that your fire for the things of God is not what it needs to be. It's not where it used to be. And now you're realizing, I, I need to repent. It's good to, to repent. It's good to incorporate a fast into that time of repentance. In 1 Samuel chapter 7, verses 2 through 6, it says, so it was <clears throat> that the ark remained in, in kirjath Jerem a long time, and it was there 20 years. And all the house of Israel uh, lamented after the Lord. So Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel saying, you shall return to the Lord with all your heart. Listen to the words that Samuel is, is, is saying here. You shall return to the Lord with all your heart. Then put away the foreign gods and the Sherathos from among you, and prepare your heart for the Lord, and, and serve him only. And he will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines. So the children of Israel put away the bells and the Sherathos, and serve the Lord only. And Samuel said, gather all Israel at Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you, so that so they gathered together at Mizpah, drew water and poured it out before the Lord, and they fasted that day and said there we have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. So in recognition that they've departed from God and wanted to come back to the Lord, they said we're going to fast. Maybe some of you are starting to recognize that you're drifting from the things of God because of life or distraction or whatever it may be. Bitterness, anger, frustration. Maybe you're like the nation of Israel. You, you found another God to worship. And I don't mean like Allah or something like that. I mean, maybe this new God is, you're finally starting to make money. or you've graduated from college and now it's all about your career. Or maybe you've just gotten married or had a kid and now that's taken place of God. It's a great time to recognize that and repent and fast. Does that make sense? We can fast for protection. We can fast asking God for protection upon our lives. In Ezra chapter 8, verse 21, it says, Then I, this is Ezra speaking, proclaimed a fast there at the river Ahav, that he might humble himself, I'm sorry, that we might humble ourselves before our God to seek from him the right way for us and our little ones and all our possessions. For I was ashamed to request of the king an escort of soldiers and, and horsemen to help us as against the enemies on the road because we had spoken to the king saying, the hand of our God is upon those for good who seek him, but his power and his wrath is against those who forsake him. So we fasted and entreated our God for this, and he answered our prayer. So Ezra's taken a delegation back to Israel to rebuild the wall. The king has, because he's earned favor, the king has allowed that to happen. And as we're saying, I I don't want to ask the king to send soldiers with us to protect us on the journey, because I told the king, I know our God and he will protect us. And so here's what we're going to do, delegation. We're going to fast and we're going to pray and we're going to cry out to God. We're going to entreat the Lord, which means to beg or to request of him that he protect us on this journey. And they fasted and prayed and God answered. They fasted and prayed and God answered. It's okay to pray to the Lord for protection. It's okay to fast for protection. In fact, we should. In this crazy world that we live in, we should. Amen? Amen. There's private fasting. In 2 Samuel 12, 15 through 17, we're coming up on the story where we know David slept with Bathsheba and got her pregnant, had her husband killed. And the the prophet Nathan comes to David and he gives them this, this scenario of a wealthy man taking the lamb from a poor man. And David is enraged when he hears about this. And he says, let that man be killed. And Nathan says, I'm talking about you, David. This is what you did when you slept with Bathsheba and had Uriah killed. I'm talking about you. Now, David could have said off with your head. How dare you talk to me as a king like that? But that's not David. David fell down and repented immediately. But the Lord spoke and he's like, this, this, this is a wicked thing that you're going to do. And we'll, we'll pick the story, that, or a wicked thing that you have done. And we'll pick the story up in verse 15 of Samuel 12. It says, then Nathan departed to his house and the Lord struck the child that Uriah's wife bore to David and it became ill. David therefore pleaded with God for the child and David fasted and went in and lay all night on the ground. So the elders of his house arose and went to him to raise him up from the ground, but he would not, nor did he eat food with them. So David recognizes his his sin. He, re, he repents of his sin, but there's a problem. The child that came about through that act, God has struck and the child is ill. And so David And I'm going to humble myself and fast and pray before you, Lord, that you would lift this illness off of this child. Didn't happen. The child died. But David was committed to praying this thing through. Because he recognized this was, this is, is a result of my own sin. There needs to be some time of private fasting in our lives. Where it's not a big public thing but there's just there's, there's just some there's just some mountains before me Lord and I, I, I need you to move them. I need you to hear me. I need you to know that I'm committed to doing my part to get these mountains moved out of the way. Amen. There should be fasting to establish ministers into the work that the Lord has called them to. In Acts chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, it says, Now in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius, of Cyrene, Manon, who who has been brought up uh, with Herod the tyrant and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then having fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them away." Think about that. They have a word from the Lord that I have worked for Paul or Saul and Barnabas. And they fasted and prayed to establish these men into that work. I'll be honest with you. I'm concerned about some of the ways people are becoming leaders and ministers in the church today. Man, this brother is gifted. Let's put him in. Oh, this brother knows how to bring people in. Let's, let's establish him as leadership. That's not the way it should be. In fact, I say this humbly. Pastor Stacy and I have a word from the Lord that has been confirmed over years to come to Appleton and establish the church. We have a word from the Lord to move our church from Kimberly to downtown Appleton. Your leaders in this church, be it the elders with the Simpsons or associate pastors with the Dreesons, we all have a word from the Lord. So here's the thing. I'll get people, they get mad at me about establishing leaders and it's like, I don't care. Right? When, when we established the Simpsons as elders and over the worship team, there were some people upset about that because they thought other people were in line to do that. I don't care about man's alignment. What has the Lord said? The Lord spoke to me. I, I, I spoke to them. They prayed. We prayed. It, and, and it just, it fit. We had a word from the Lord. I'm telling you, church, you don't want to be under leaders who don't have a word from the Lord. Those are the kind of people that leave you when things get tough. Those are the kind of people that are doing ministry out of their giftedness and not by tuning their ear to the voice of God. I'm not saying we're perfect because, trust me, well, they all are. I'm not. Right? Dreesons, the, the Simpsons, Pastor Stacy, they are. I'm not. So I make mistakes. But my ear is tuned to the voice of the Lord to the best of my ability. And I'm not walking out on anyone, even though sometimes I want to. Because I have a word from the Lord. That should be how you live your life. Don't take a job just because it's good money. Don't pursue this career path because it's growing. Right? Don't marry that person just because. You sick of being single and I think he's a Christian. If he's not, I can change him. Okay, you really a knucklehead. Get a word from the Lord. And there's no better way to do that than to engage in a time of fasting and prayer. Amen. Amen. I want to close by giving you a few tips for this fast that we're engaging on. I'll be quick. So I know I've, I've kept you here long. the first tip that I want to give you is, is have a vision and a focus for your fast, like, and, and write it down. You know, write it down. This is what I'm fasting. You know, uh, this is what I would like to see the Lord do. Um, you know, have a, have a vision for the fast. And write it down so that when it starts to get tough, you can go back to that. And you can read it and you can rehearse it and you can remember what it is that you saw when you first started this fast. The second thing I would say to do is put before the Lord what you'd like him to do over the next 21 days. Have a list. Lord, these are, once again, all this stuff, I'm telling you, write it down. This, this is what I'd like to see you do, Lord. Whether you do it or not, you're good and I love you and I worship you. But, but this is what I'd like to see come out of this fast. And if there's something you want that's not on here, feel free to add to it. Put it before the Lord what you would like him to do. The third thing is, is have a scripture focus. Like I have my list of, of things I want to see the Lord do and some of it's impossible. So this is my scripture, scripture focus. With God, all things are possible. So that when I'm praying about the things that are on my list and I start to say, that's ah, been like that for years or that's never going, with God, all things are possible. So, have a scripture focus. Pray and read the word. Like I said before, don't just refrain from eating. Your prayer life has to go to another level. Your time spent in the word needs to go to another level. Well, I read every day and I pray every day. Good. Take it to another level, do it more. Do it more. Why? Because you're fasting. Might not be the first couple days. First couple days, man, your flesh is going to be agitated. But there's a point where you break through that. And when you break through that fleshly irritation, is when your spirit is open. And if you're not praying and reading, you could be missing out on the voice of God. Some of y'all looking at me like I'm telling a lie up here. Do we agree with what I just said or not? Okay. All right. I'm just checking. Next is don't focus on not eating. Right? Like don't focus on, oh, I can't eat this. I can't. Don't focus on that. That's how you make the fast even more miserable. Right? I remember one year I, was, I said to Stacy, first thing I'm eating when we get done with this is a... Is a, is a waffle. So at 1201, I, I'm gonna have a waffle iron, and it's like, what are you doing, bro? You're just tormenting yourself for a waffle? Are you serious? So don't focus on not eating, focus on receiving from the Lord, right? Cut back your social media. You don't need those voices in your ear as your spirit is opening up more. Trust me. Cut back on your social media, if not eliminate it altogether over the next 21 days. Don't focus on 21 days. Like I said before, take it day by day. Today, I'm not eating this right? You know it's for 21 days, but just just focus on today. It's day by day. Get victory day by day, right? And and here's the other thing that I want to say. Be open to the Lord extending your fast. Just because we said 21 days doesn't mean when those 21 days are up, God is up. Just because we're finished with it doesn't mean that the Lord is There's been years where I've extended mine to 40 days. Not because I wanted to, I like to eat. I extended mine to 40 days because I felt God telling me to. And I benefited from doing so. So we're engaging in a 21-day fast, but be open to God saying, for you, it's 30. For you, it's 25. For you, it's 40. Or it might be, just just keep going. Just keep going, Chris. Just no more cookies for a little bit longer, right? How much longer? Just until I tell you enough. Does that make sense? Be open to God extending your fast. Then also, and this one is huge. This is very important. Monitor your fast okay, yours, not someone else's, right, because they're not fasting to you, they're fasting to God, and you're not the fasting cops. Are you doing it right? Are you, are you eating that? You can eat that? Don't worry about what I'm eating. Worry about what's on your plate. Like that, man, that gets on my nerves, Right? Almost enough to make you rebel and just not fast anymore. Monitor your fast, especially with, with couples, <laughs> husbands and wives. We can be all up in each other's business, which you? just because they can eat something you can't eat and you want to eat that. Leave them alone. right? <laughs> so monitor your fast and not everyone else's. It's not a competition. This really is not a competition. We're not trying to see who can do the most difficult fast. Like I said, let it stretch you. Let it stretch you and monitor your own. Then the last thing is enjoy it. Enjoy this time of fasting and prayer. You should enjoy it. I want to close with this verse, Proverbs 11, 18. It says, for the wicked man does does deceptive work, but he who sows righteousness will have a sure reward. When we're fasting, we're sowing righteousness. And I believe that God will reward us from it. Amen. So next week, we're going to start to talk about some of the benefits of fasting, I encourage you to be here for that. Uh, Once again, if you have not decided to engage in this 21 days, just just commit to it. Just commit to it. Just make a decision to be all in. Increase your prayer, increase your study time. Come out for some prayer, you know, to get together with your, your church family to pray on those those four days that we have it, even if you can only make it one day or two days, but don't let it be, I'm just going to sit at the house. I'm going to be with them in spirit. (laughs) Right? Don't do that. Get there. Let's come together as a family and seek the Lord for each other and for this body. Amen? So Lord, we honor you today.